Before we start this show, just a word from our sponsor. 20 by 20 Apparel. Founded in 2015, 20 by 20 Apparel brings original tributes to pro wrestling's classic arenas, moments, and events. They look to spotlight the bloopers, bleeps, and body slams along with the biggest, smallest, strangest, and strongest that pro wrestling has had to offer. Along with their awesome line of pro wrestling apparel, they do offer many services. In the world of wrestling, there are hundreds of shirts, promotions, flyers, social media accounts, and ads. Don't get lost in the sea of parody shirts and display fonts. They can provide professional graphic design services at a reasonable price. 20 by 20 also hand screen prints all the tees in-house. If you would like to discuss possible run of tees, posters, koozies, foam fingers, or whatever, drop them a line. Go to 20 by 20 apparel. That's the number 20 X, the number 20 apparel.com. Now let's get to the show. Fresh is the word. I'm Jim Duggan, got long wood for plenty hoes. I keep it fresher than fresh, but you already know. You suckers bum me, I'm money, I got a ton of flows. My weed loud like a motherfucking thunder roll. Your shit quiet like you ballin' on a budget though. We see your kicks and we laugh and yelling what it goes. You see me shining like a suit on puffy. You know my grind and shit is too strong, buddy. That's why the dude call money. I be stuntin' like it's nothing at all. Cause it's nothing to me, it's probably something to y'all. Trying to smoke like me, then come and fuck with your dog. Got a closet full of kicks, you can't cop it tomorrow. And I'm fresher than the freshest, you can tell it's in my asses. Bitch, you see the way I'm rapping? Yes, I do this shit to death. I tell I'm running out of breath. I tell somebody cut a check. But either way, you know it's fresh. But either way, you know it's fresh. Fresh. We fresh. 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 Welcome to the Fresh of the Word podcast. I'm your host, Kelly K. Fresh Frazier. And on Fresh of the Word, we like to deliver wisdom through great stories from the minds of bright creatives of pop culture. Through those stories, we like to dissect the journey of our guests and present actionable lessons and advice for our listeners, no matter what career or avenue of artistry they pursue. And before we get into this episode, I want to give a shout out to Knox Money, Bang Belushi, and Foul Mouth for the theme music for Fresh of the Word. And if you would like to support the podcast, you can always go to freshofthepodcast.com and just share any of the links for any of the episodes on any of your social media platforms. And also, you can subscribe to Fresh of the Word pretty much anywhere that podcasts are streamed. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, pretty much everywhere. And please rate and review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It will definitely help out the show. If you want to contact me, you can always reach me by email at djkfresh at gmail.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at kfreshistheword and on Facebook at facebook.com slash kfresh. And you can also follow Fresh is the Word on Twitter at freshistheword. And that's is with an I-Z. Instagram at freshistheword.podcast. And Facebook at Facebook.com slash Fresh of the Podcast. All right, this is episode 134. And on this episode, we feature another wrestler that's on the old wrestling event in Detroit on March 30th. Their champion, Matt Cross. Now, now Cross isn't just the old wrestling champion. He is a wrestler known throughout the world, most notably as Son of Havoc 
in Lucha Underground. During our interview, we talked about how he got his start in wrestling, working with old wrestling, the punk rock lifestyle he lives as a wrestler, his wrestling is forever clothing company, how he was able to make a career worldwide as a wrestler, and how he has opened up avenues for wrestling in many parts of the world where wrestling was vastly ignored. This is definitely one of the best chats that I've had about wrestling ever, and definitely on this podcast, so this is a must-listen if you are a wrestling fan. So enough chit-chat, let's get on to the interview with Matt Cross. Just to start things off, uh, you know, I've uh, seen you uh, wrestle in so many different organizations all around the world. Like it says in your Twitter, you've wrestled in 25 countries. Has that changed recently? Is it still 25? Uh, it is still 25 as of now, but that will be changing shortly. It hasn't been announced yet, but there will be a 26 uh, coming very soon. Oh, all right, all right. Yeah. That's cool. So, uh, yeah, and, and um, you know, you've been through a lot of interesting or- organizations. You were Son of Havoc on uh, Lucha Underground. Um, coming up, you'll be coming to, to uh, my home here in Detroit, part of Old Wrestling at the the Whiskey Factory in Detroit. And sure. you've uh, yeah, you've wrestled with Old Wrestling before. You know, t- you know, tell tell me about your experience uh, as uh, Matthew Cross in the. Uh, in old wrestling, yeah, you're the world champion, correct? Uh, yeah, I think um, I've been with them from the beginning. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, I did their first show, and it's just a great concept. You know, it makes you, uh, as a fan and worker, kind of rethink everything. So it just, um, it, you know, we do so many shows. I probably do at least 150 shows a year, coming up on 20 years. So, you know, I've done essentially countless shows and a lot of. In a lot of ways, they blend together, but um, with old wrestling, since it's such you know a show taking place at the turn of the century, it's, it's such a fun opportunity to kind of step out of that and 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 really put your thinking cap on because you have to uh, wrestle in a different style, and, and I think people kind of appreciate that. And then that's been one of the cool things being a part of it too is that the fans have gotten on board, and some people you know dress up coming to the shows and. They've been in some really cool venues, and it, it, so it's almost like this immersive experience, which is really cool. Yep. What do you do to sort of tap into that character, you know, from like the 1920s, turn of the century, uh, when you're, uh, at, you know, doing an old wrestling show? Just have fun with it, you know? I mean, there's some of the most fun shows, and, and that's why I think everyone that's there and everyone that comes, uh, and I'm talking about the guys in the back at this point, just really enjoy it because it feels like i don't know it's not just another show it's there is a special feel to it and we can just enjoy ourselves so everyone just goes out to have fun um and i think when most wrestlers are having such a good time it translates to the matches you know and i think that's when you you get these cool moments and um people do some of their best work that brings up a question you know you know, being that you, you know, wrestle so much on the indie circuit, on different countries, you know, are you always having fun or try to have fun at all, all the events that you uh, are booked at? I mean, I do. I think that's been the calling card of my career. Now, have I been the most successful? No. And maybe uh, it's because I've done that to a fault. That might even touch on <laughs> uh, any failures that I've had. But I say all the time, like, there are tons of guys 
uh, that are more famous than me, and there are tons of guys making more money than me. I mean, obviously, uh, but I don't know if anyone, anyone out there has as much fun as I do. Uh, I mean, the travel is what keeps me involved in this, being able to see the world, always coming in a day early or leaving a day late or staying somewhere or extending the trip. Or, I mean, I've, I've, I've become one of, if not the most well-traveled guys of, of this generation, and, and I've taken full advantage of that. I mean, I don't know if I have a single friend in the world that's, uh, you know, not in, in higher companies. And one of the complaints that I always hear is that they don't get to see anything, right. <laughs> and that they've been somewhere on paper, but they haven't actually haven't actually been there. Even if they get to do something, it's part of some prearranged photo shoot or something. So they don't they don't get to interact with the local culture or learn anything or experience anything. And, and I can't, and that hasn't been my experience at all. It's I've done nothing but that, and, and I'm very grateful for it. I mean, I'm a uh, you know, a guy from a small town in Ohio that's quite literally been able to see the world just doing what he loves. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful. So what would be your advice? What would be, you know, the Matt Cross tips for traveling as a uh, pro wrestler to be able to see the world while wrestling? Um, I mean, geez, we're, we're arguably in, like, wrestling's best period for that right now with this kind of boom we're seeing in the indies and wrestling – uh, coming around again and becoming cool again in the last year and a half, two years. Uh, it's easier than ever for guys to kind of get out there and, and travel. And every single day, the, the pond gets smaller, so there's less and less of guys available for these overseas companies. And, and with so many people being uh, locked up in contracts nowadays, that um, yeah, it's a great time to be able to do that and just get your name out there and not be afraid of it. And I mean, those opportunities come. You just got to keep keep working and and keep going forward. You know, I think the one quote that has always stuck with me is hard work can't be denied forever. <laughs> so I know there's so many times where it's frustrating, especially in wrestling. I mean, just as in anything in life where you're just, you feel like you're toiling away and you feel like you're not making progress. But if you're, if you're truly putting in the work and it's like not in some lame cliche way, I've seen this happen so many times. And in the most clear example, uh, I guess was like, I did triple mania, maybe three years ago now, two years ago. Okay. And I remember being out to lunch, uh, me, Jeff Cobb, and Paul London. And Jeff was asking Paul and I, man, you guys travel the world. You guys do everything. Like, that's where I want to be. How do I do that? Like, I just feel like I'm, you know, treading water, and I, I can't get ahead, and I want to be busy, and I want to be doing all these shows. And the first time I wrestled Jeff was in Hawaii in 2010. And he was amazing. Right. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, oh, it sucks that this guy is quite literally – hidden away on an island. <laughs> right. Because, uh, I mean, he does deserve that, everything that he's getting now. And I remember telling him, I'm like, there, there isn't one piece of advice that is going to just be like, oh, I didn't think of that. Now I'm famous or whatever. <laughs> it, it's just going to be, I'm like, every time you go out there, you're awesome and you're working hard and you're doing what needs to be done. And then one day, somebody's going to see it and then bam, because this is very much the flavor of the week business. And then yep. it will be your turn to be the flavor of the week and you'll blow up and just be ready for it. Cause when it comes, it comes <laughs> right. And then you're, and you're not going to be home anymore. Uh, and then sure enough, it's like he went from, you know, essentially obscurity and, and nothing to being one of the hottest prospects and, and most exciting guys on the scene it, overnight. <laughs> right. Oh, I mean, I mean, like a year from that conversation would have been laughable to see. I mean, <laughs> and that's just. But he wasn't just complaining, and he wasn't just sitting around. I mean, like every time he went out there, he tried his hardest, and and he's been at it for years. It's it's 
it's not something that life isn't fair, right? There's not going to be like at the six month time, this thing happens or at the one year mark, this happens. I mean, for some guys, it's going to be two weeks and like, man, good for them. Other guys, it might be 20 years. Right. <laughs> like they're not going to be any sort of fair thing. But for me, it's always, I mean, it's always just not giving up. When I think back to my generation and when I started, I mean, it was guys like CM Punk and Cole Cabana and myself and Jimmy Jacobs and, you know, like, Every one of us has found success in some way. So either we all started and we all ruled, which I find impossible to believe, (laughs) or we're just too stupid and we didn't stop. (laughs) So to me, it's really obvious what the answer is. I mean, there's no way you could just, there's no way coincidentally we were all the best ever. Like, no way. (laughs) Right. So we were just dudes doing it and we just never stopped. And then you fast forward 10, 15, 20 years Everyone did it. <laughs> um, so I don't know. That's just always, again, that's always just stuck with me because I've, I've seen it happen. It'd be one thing if, like, one of my friends, friends went on to be rich and famous, and I was like, wow, like, they were the outlier. They were the exception. And maybe it did feel that way when it happened once. But when it happens two, three, four, five, a half dozen, a dozen times and more, you're like, this isn't coincidence anymore. Like, this isn't. Yeah, like, I've seen the past. Like, right. you just keep going. I mean, all these guys are sleeping on my floor six <laughs> months or two years ago, and now look where they are, or vice versa, you know? Right, right. So it's just, it's just I don't know, persistence, I think, is uh, underrated to a certain degree. With all the traveling that you do uh, for your career, you know, how were you able to sort of uh, carve, out, carve out those moments to be, to be able to see all these cities and countries that you've been into when a lot of wrestlers say, oh, no, I never see anywhere that I go? Because the focus hasn't always been money for me. I mean, like, that's something that's nice. And, yeah, ultimately I need it to pay my bills, but it's not my main focus. I've seen guys burn bridges in an attempt to make an extra 20 50 100 $200, and that's just... I'm more interested in having fun and, and making friends. Uh, so for me, if I have to sleep on someone's couch to stay the extra day, I mean, you got to keep in mind that I'm a punk at the end of the day. So I fell in love with punk rock music when I was 14 <laughs> or 15 years old, okay. and I never looked back. So that's the only thing that I care about in the world. So I think that colors a lot of my interactions with it. So I wanted to be in a touring punk band. That's like my dream. Okay. Uh, wrestling is the closest thing to that. <laughs> so right. the, the parallels between underground punk rock music and, and what I do are, are not only there, they're just, they're intermingled. You, you couldn't distinguish them essentially. So it's, it's that same, it's that same uh, thing. I think it was Joey Ryan said to me once, like uh, what we are doing in the Indies, uh, him and I and a handful of guys, it isn't a job. It isn't a career. It's a lifestyle. And that's the best way that I think anyone summed it up. Um, that I'm aware of, because this is, it's a lifestyle. I happened to do some work uh, in the San Francisco Bay Area last week, so I have a friend there, so I stayed an extra, you know, four days with him. Uh, my sister used to live in New York City, so anytime I was anywhere near there, I would stay as long as I could there, you know. It's just, it's that sort of concept and yeah. taking advantage of the of the connections you have and, and using those to, to see the world. Like, has it always been the most comfortable or ideal? Like, absolutely not, but... Um, but it's definitely been been worth it and been amazing. I love that you uh, you brought up like that you you know 
are a big, you know, fan of punk rock music and that lifestyle and that the, you know, the parallels between punk rock and, and your lifestyle as a wrestler. Kind of talk more about those parallels that you see. Uh, I mean, sure. It's just that idea of, I guess, essentially like the struggling artist uh, with some sort of message. So you just, you, you want to get out there and you, you want to see the world and interact with that world and, and just realize how, how big the world is. And it's like when you start wrestling, you're in this like tiny little scene or when you start a band, you're in this tiny little scene. And then all of a sudden you realize, like, oh, this this whole thing that I'm involved in is bigger than this city and, and bigger than this state. And then all of a sudden it's bigger than this country. And you're like, man, I'm just this tiny part in this this entire thing. Um, and just taking advantage of those those opportunities. So, I mean, what does a punk band do? They get some kind of crappy van together, and then they and they and they get out there and they do it. <laughs> they make the drives, and and they sleep on the couches, and. There, there isn't the biggest paydays, and, and and the parallels with independent wrestling are just are just right there. You know, this isn't a giant corporate-run thing. I mean, guys don't have benefits and this and that and the other thing, uh, but they but they still are compelled to do this thing because it's something they believe strongly. And so uh, that's what I see, and in, in or what I seek rather, and then the bands that I'm interested in, and then that's what I I find in independent professional wrestling as well. Nice. What sort of uh, what sort of a kid were you growing up? You know, what sort of, you know, you said that you like punk rock music, you know, what sort of other things were you into? Um, I did gymnastics. So, um Oh, no that shit. At, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> started that at 10, so and I did that at, at you know, a fairly high level, so that becomes um consuming in a lot of ways. I mean, we would practice right. uh, 4 days a week and each practice was 4 hours, so putting in like 16 hours a week as a kid just at my you know part-time full-time gymnastics job so yeah you uh, really you really do it really does show that you were uh you did gymnastics when you're younger with the shit that you do in the ring yeah absolutely i mean the transition was was right there i used to have people kind of be like that's so crazy that that's where you came from and I was like, really? I mean, my interests were lifting weights and doing flips. Like, <laughs> if you could point me in another direction, I'm I'm more than willing to take a look at it. <laughs> but it seems like it, yeah, it was an absolutely natural progression to me. And then to this day, I'll laugh about when people see me for the first time and comment about either how graceful I am or, or something of this nature, or agile or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> right. I've got a, a solid foundation. It's my life's work. So, um yeah, it was a very natural transition from that, but that 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 was very uh, took up a lot of my time, and I and definitely like the class clown, I guess as well. If it, um, I've always been, I've always had that uh, entertainment uh, aspect to me. A lot of times, I feel like wrestling isn't even the best uh, showcase for that, to be honest. But but it's but it's a showcase for 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 entertaining. So that's the one that I've uh, chosen for the better part of twenty years. But um, yeah, so I mean, either whether it's I don't even know, like trying to grow a mustache at 16 just to look <laughs> stupid in my driver's license or just whatever it is. I've always had this uh, element of showmanship to just my life in general. So wrestling sort of a, an outlet for that as well. Right. Talk about wrestling is forever. Sure. Um, I had toyed around with the idea uh, for quite a while, like six months to nine months. And, and just, you know, that wrestling is such a unique art form and, and, Unlike anything else, and I would just, I was uh, inspired by the, the passion that I would see by the people I was around. I mean, again, like I touched on earlier, seeing guys sleep on my floor 
who are now WWE champions and things like that. So to, to see that path and the work that went in, it didn't happen overnight. It just happened because they were willing to make these insane, like insane drives and, um, and have that drive within them to, to pursue something like that. And I was just, I was touched by that, you know? And, and again, like, I think, I think the culture surrounding wrestling is being elevated. So yeah. I think the stigma with it is being removed. I think, you know, some people in my generation and the older generations grew up and their parents told them that it was fake or whatever. And then it was like, okay, that's, and that's what it was. It was silly to like it. Right. Now I think the new, newer generation isn't going to tell their kids that, and their kids aren't going to tell their kids that in the same way that they don't tell their kids that the Avengers are fake or Batman's fake or, <laughs> you know, Lord of the Rings is fake or any of that stuff. It's, it is an art form. Like you wouldn't go to a live action stunt show and then tell your kids, oh, that's fake and dumb, you would say, wow, this is absolutely incredible. I can't believe it. Now, if someone said, also, they invented this 10 minutes before you walked in the door, your minds would be blown, and you'd be <laughs> on a, a cover of a magazine. That's what we do. That's what's being recognized. You can't not recognize that. So as that culture rises around what we do and the insanity of what we do and, and, and what goes into it, I just wanted to be part of that evolution and help that evolution. Um, you don't necessarily think of fashion and wrestling, but, but why not? Why not? Uh, so I just, I just think gone are the days of, and there's nothing wrong with like a purple shirt with a naked guy on it. That's great. I probably own 10 myself. But <laughs> I don't want nothing but that. So as I think that hokey stereotype is removed from wrestling, I think that that should be kind of across the board. So I want the way that we speak about it to be different. I want the presentation of it to be different. I want the clothing around it to be different. And I just felt like if I've done this for two decades, why not me? <laughs> like, I, I've been intimately familiar and involved in this world for so long, and I just thought it was a chance for, for me to kind of help that, that evolution along. Um, and there's, just, there's so many layers to it, you know. It's, it's, it's three words that mean something different to me than they do to you, than they do to the person next to us. Uh, and that's what's amazing. Like so many people uh, come up to me at shows and they're like, wow, you know, I used to watch wrestling with my father and he has since passed and, and that's the connection that I have and, you know, will carry with me forever. Uh, wrestling is forever. And that's not even something that I had specifically thought about. Right. Um, so, so many other people have brought these different layers and these different meanings to it, which is part of the excitement. And so much of it just... I don't need to explain what wrestling is forever means because we, we all know right. <laughs> it's like visceral and immediate. And that's what I love. And where will it go? I don't know. Does it become this, that, or the other thing? I, I have all kinds of plans for it. And it's good for me because then it'll always be a connection to this industry that I've given the entirety of my adult life to. So even if I'm not active in the ring someday, I can still be involved in, in this way. So I like how it positions myself for that. And, and, <laughs> And it speaks to the independent spirit as well. It's like, I don't need, it, it, like, anybody could come to me and say, we won't hire you, and it wouldn't matter. Because <laughs> there will always be independent wrestling, and there will always be professional wrestling, and th there will always be wrestling is forever. <laughs> the, the brand and the idea. So it kind of just sets me sets me up for, for that. And I don't know. It, and it makes it exciting. You know, I've done wrestling for so long that I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm not. I'm not even close. Um, but, but I get it. So what I don't really understand or what I don't get is, is, you know, being 
uh, essentially a CEO, I suppose, and, and designer behind a clothing brand and a clothing idea and just a brand in general. So uh, whether it was creating WrestlingForever.com, myself, just based on YouTube tutorials or what, <laughs> right. kind of, it's kept me busy in new ways, uh, which is, you know, it, it, makes, it makes the whole of this exciting again. Right. I saw a, uh, a post on your uh, Twitter uh, talking about the upcoming match that you have in Defy with Ultimo Dragon, and then you mentioned how uh, you know this is somebody that you've you know pretty much wrestled more than anyone else in your career. And yeah. talk about you know all the time that you've worked with Ult- Ultimo Dragon, this you know bona fide legend of professional wrestling. I mean, it's wild. I went from you know playing him in NWO Revenge because he had the coolest outfit <laughs> on N- on N sixty four to like being a, a peer or friend to him. So it's it's been a crazy uh, transition and 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 yeah, what a what a like fun fact or whatever. I like the little trivia aspect of like outside of Josh Prohibition, the guy that I started professional wrestling with, uh, next to him, the guy that I've wrestled the most is Ultimo Dragon. Like, <laughs> who, who can say that? Or who would, I mean, no one would ever be able to guess that. You know? Right. And, and then it just, I mean, we've, we've wrestled all across Spain and Italy and Canada, and, and this is the first time in, in the U.S., and I think it's the, our 14th match. Wow. Um, so even that's kind of crazy. Uh, and to do it for Defy, which is this, got to be one of if not the best crowds in the United States right now. Um, I mean, I'd wrestle like a banana peel there and, and, and have an amazing match, I'm sure of it. So the fact that we're going to be able to go in there and tear it up for such an appreciative crowd is is, is even better. Um, and it's like two weeks from tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I think March 8th. So it's like right around the corner as well. And that's going to be like, I've basically got an insane 10 days coming up. I wrestle at Helico in Berlin. Uh and then the following weekend, the Friday is against Ultimo Dragon for Defy in Seattle, and then Sunday versus uh, Tajiri for Next Generation Wrestling in uh, Newport, Tennessee. So, I mean, to have those like three matches, um, dream matches in some ways, like within a ten-day span in uh, two states and two countries, is it's pretty wild. Who have been who have been some of your uh, favorite wrestlers to work with in the ring? So many. Um, probably, uh, I'll just, I mean, I don't have to go in depth, but uh, some of the guys that I thought that were just unreal, uh, I think Cody Rhodes is, is I, I was stunned <laughs> about how good he is. Um, coming out of Cleveland also, Jenny Gargano is one of the one of the best that there is. Yeah. He's got such a mind for wrestling. I mean, he's so sharp. It's People don't even realize how good he is. That's like the the most exciting part for me is like they're starting to realize. I don't know if they'll ever fully realize because you don't know how someone good how good someone is to wrestle them. I mean, you can speculate and have opinions and you can like guys or not, but but uh, a testament to how good they are at the art of professional wrestling. You don't you can't fully grasp. I don't believe until you've wrestled them. And, and a guy like him is just he's good for reasons that no one no one even knows. <laughs> right. Uh, so he's just he's great. Um, Ricochet is unbelievable. Uh, so like those three guys just off the top of my head, I've been so lucky to. Uh, it'll get frustrating for me sometimes because I've even I had a promoter recently. I don't remember who, but um, I thought it was really cool. And they're like, you know, we want to bring you in, and we want you to have a match that you're really excited about. Who do you want to wrestle? I mean, obviously no guarantees if we can do it or not, but <laughs> but just to give us like kind of a leap off point, like who would you want to wrestle? 
And I was like, what an, what an amazing question, you know? Because <laughs> like, it's essentially, who do you think you could have the best match with? I'm like, that's awesome. And kind of have that free reign and, right. and not carte blanche, but, but the idea behind it, I thought was amazing. Um, and then <laughs> ultimately, I don't want to say that it depressed me, but, but all the people I was thinking of were, were no longer available. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, starting with the three that I just named. And it was like, yeah. dang, the guys that I have the best matches with that I've had my best matches with multiple times. I'm like, oh, hmm, everybody's gone. So, <laughs> but that said, new guys come up every day, and, and you know, I right. think, uh, I think his name's Jake Atlas, him and I at uh, uh, AWS in Los Angeles area, just the other week had like a great match, you know, just kind of out of nowhere. I don't think anybody expected it, and, and so much fun. So there's always, and he's he's brand new and way better than he should be, so it's like, there's always... You know, like the next guy. I mean, like Leo Rush. Like, I think he's, I don't know, 13 now or something. And <laughs> I wrestled him, and he was like a week in or a week after he was born, or I don't know. And it was like, oh, this guy is great. So like, what is going on? Um, and, you know, then bang, he was gone. But, like, you know, there, there'll always be the next guy and stuff. So that's, that's the exciting part about all of this. You're regularly a part of... Um very prominent storylines as Son of Havoc in Lucha Underground. You know, what was your your experience uh, working uh, um, on Lucha Underground? Yeah, it's been great. Um, when we're there, they just treat us amazing because it's all television and Hollywood people, so um, you could treat it as such, which is, you know, quite a stark contrast from normal, just independent wrestling. Um, so it, it's nice to work in, you know, under those people and alongside those people and, and with those resources. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been fun, you know, and it's nice to just have that that home. Uh, unfortunately, and I don't fault them, but but wrestling fans have been conditioned to always carry the promotion ahead of the wrestler. So whether that was Vince McMahon, you know, trying to highlight the importance of of the WWE, you know, as opposed to any in particular person. I mean, obviously that's in his business interest to do that, and then. Unfortunately, the fans have really taken to that. So without a home, I feel like fans don't understand you. <laughs> you could be having the best matches in the world, all around the world, but unless it's under the banner of this, that, or the other thing, you know, people don't necessarily care. And it's not, it's not entirely true. It's not so much them caring. It's just, it is that distribution. Like, can they see it? So right. you may have had the best match of all time in Guadalajara, Mexico versus some guy, but unless... And this was available to people, and they can follow along, then, you know, they're not going to be there for that. So, so Lucha Underground has given me that home, and, and again, that's, that's what I always tell people in seminars and stuff. I mean, you just, that's how people interpret wrestling. You need a home, <laughs> so they can put on the flyer, from this, or, you know. Um, so it's given me that home. I, I, I went from having the exact same matches all over the world, and then what felt like overnight, then I was, oh, this guy's great. <laughs> And I was like, mm, the only thing that changed is I was like, okay, well, what, but, but again, I get it. So it was nice to just be given that spotlight, that television, or that, that quote-unquote home promotion gives you. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Are you more, when people come talk, talk to you at shows or whatnot, are, you know, what are they talking to you most about? Are they talking to you mo- mostly about Lucha Underground stuff, or is it just an array of other things that they've seen you do throughout the world? Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know if anyone has had as random of a career as me. 
I mean, that would be like an interesting talking point for for something thing. I like no one outside of me is aware of the things that I've done, and they're so varied and so crazy. And <laughs> the first time I wrestled Ultimo Dragon to carry this full circle it was 2005 in Toronto. So like nobody knows that, you know. And then I spent the summer of 2008 uh, touring with a group called NWE, which is running these massive 12,000, 13,000 seat arenas every single night. And I was wrestling Ultimo Dragon every single night, uh, <laughs> whether it be Barcelona or Madrid or Zaragoza, I mean, all around Spain with with nothing but former WWE talent. So, um, you know, to go from that to the, the Hulkamania tour of uh, Australia in 2009 uh, to, you know, again, wrestling in, in 25 countries, it's it's... My, you know, and then you sprinkle in Tough Enough and uh, Wrestling Society X, and it's like, and then the back of wrestling video series and the back of wrestling video game, and like <laughs> everyone loosely associated with or familiar with wrestling knows me. It's just a matter of if they know that or not, or if they know me from what specific thing. So people will come up every single week and talk about the leap of faith, which was a part of a backyard wrestling tape <laughs> where I jumped off a balcony in 1999. So that's quite literally 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, and I'll be like, and it, that probably happens close to every weekend uh, under the guise of like, man, I'm about to tell you something that you probably never hear. <laughs> and and it's, just, it's that every time. And I'm like, I wrestled one to three times a week, like for since then <laughs> against guys like Ultimo and stuff. And the amount of people that bring that up, I'm like, why have I done anything since then? I should just should have hung it up then, 20 years ago. <laughs> um, you peaked but, early. Yeah, it's, 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 I guess it's, it's kind of the exciting thing about my career, too, is you never know what somebody knows you from. People come up every single week, and they'll see a Son of Havoc picture for sale, and, they'll, and they're, somebody's jaw will drop, at least one person, every single week, and be like, oh, my God, that's you? I had no idea. And that happens every single week. So it's like... The the different places you can pull whatever you can pull from for me it's just so varied that again maybe that's part of the part of what's fun because everyone kind of got on board hopefully they got on board at, at some different point in my career and it's it's interesting to see where people joined and I mean I mean so many things were from the backyard stuff which is you know two decades and you think I mean not only do these people still like wrestling but they still you know are aware or support me and some and the other guys i mean it's kind of great you know if you you do kind of develop these relationships and you realize like this person's watched me grow up you know <laughs> what you know with a with a career that's been so varied so you know everywhere you know what do you think is the positive of you know having so much variety in your career um i mean just that freedom i think even if you take it out of wrestling and just into a normal scenario, I always think like, let's pretend I was a doctor uh, and I made a significant amount of money. Uh, would I be able to get the time off work to do the things that, that I've done? Like, I doubt it. And even if I did, I would stay at some five-star Sheraton somewhere and would I really get the authentic experience? I mean, if I stay with a local wrestler or the local promoter and they need to go to the market in the morning, guess who's coming with them? Like me. So it's like, I've gotten these, and you can't like put a price on that. Like, I don't, I don't know if they sell completely immersive, like literally befriend a local tours. <laughs> they may sell things under 
you know, the guise of that, but would it really be that? Like, no. So I've, I've gotten these experiences that are priceless and, and amazing, and, and that's been a part of just, I don't know, um, kind of being all over the place and, 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 and I don't know, not wanting to be tied down and just do – I just – I have freedom, and, and, again, I just think ultimately that, that's priceless. Anybody that would be listening to this uh, interview, you know, whether they know who you are or not, whether they're a wrestling fan or not, you know, what sort of nugget of knowledge about your life and career could they pull from uh, what you've experienced and sort of project it into their uh, life, some sort of, you know, advice? Uh, I think we already touched on it. You know, it's that idea of persistence. Uh, there's, there's no way it's coincidence that every single person that I started this venture with, which is an insane venture, was successful because we all just, I didn't start with Michael Jordan and LeBron James and blah, blah, blah. You know, like we were all just dudes. <laughs> and then again, whether you attribute it to some kind of inherent discipline and, and put that positive spin on it or look at it with a potentially negative spin, uh, take and just and think we're all idiots. It doesn't matter. It can have the positive connotation or negative. The result is the same. We were either too stupid to stop, or we were so great and persistent. But the the the, the end game is that we all found success. And I, again, I I think that's because nobody stopped. <laughs> we just kept going, <laughs> and we just and we still keep going. Um, and yeah, I just it's not a cliche. It's not. Oh, you know keep working hard and blah, blah, blah. Like when you've, I've been so touched by it because I've, again, seen it happen. Like it, one time's a coincidence, two times weird, three times. Okay. Four times. Wait, what's going on? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. <laughs> you know, like now it's, again, if I look at my friend group, perhaps I alone am not in the WWE. So it's like, that can't be a coincidence that every person I've ever known or interacted with has, has made it to their ultimate dream and goal. I mean, how many people, do that in their lives and i've seen it happen to just more people than i can even name it's like holy crap everybody did it so um or, or was able to achieve some version of success so m make a living in their chosen field and see the world while doing it i mean that, that's amazing so yeah just just never giving up <laughs> and, and 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 but and i guess i guess i would add to that like action and, and work and sacrifice uh because I don't care what people's dreams are. I'm kind of over that. I don't. I don't care. It's so okay. My dream is to, to go to Mars. Who cares? <laughs> like words are so. There's doers and there's sayers. So to me, words are so cheap and so essentially meaningless. It, do something for it. Uh, if you come to me and you're like, all right, I've I've been to the moon twice. Uh, I'm taking this test for this. I'm increasing my lung capacity. I'm doing all this research. I want to be the first one to come to Mars. Then f yeah, man. I believe it. How can I help you? Uh, if you just are saying something, like, uh, okay. <laughs> so I, I don't think any of those people that I named previously or that I'm alluding to have, have, have just said anything. They've, they've worked for it, you know? Like, they were sleeping on my floor. I was sleeping on their floor. They were driving 12 hours one way for essentially nothing. Like, that's the part that once you make it, it just kind of gets, you know, not necessarily swept under the rug, but, but not focused on anymore. But it was very real and very much a part of that journey. So putting in that time, putting in that work, believing in themselves and just going and going and going and going when there wasn't any, well, I'll, I'll do it and it'll work for sure. There was no guarantees. There was no anything. And it could have just as easily not worked uh, once you factor in right place, right time and all that. 
uh, so, but these people just not only didn't stop, but just kept kept working. You know, I, I'd much rather hear about what, what you sacrificed than what your dream is. Like, did you forego something for 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 the for your greater goal rather than just what's the goal? Because again, I don't care. Anybody could say anything. It doesn't. I, I don't believe. I don't know. <laughs> I, when I was on Tough Enough, it, it, there was what fourteen of us and. Every one of us, our goal was to be a wrestling star, and how many of those people are still wrestling now? You know, and then they're on national television, swearing to the world's population that, that was their dream and goal, and then they quit between two weeks to two years after. You know, get out of here. So, <laughs> uh, talk is cheap, and, and just if you want something, go for it. But but really, go for it. Do you you know do you have a you know would you like to sort of end your career? you know, possibly be in the, in the WWE or are you fine, you know, with the, the sort of current uh, trajectory that you're on right now? I mean, my goal is from the first second of the first minute of the first day was to be in WWE. Uh, ironically, unlike some of the guys that I know that are, that are there now, uh, which is always funny to me, but um, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, I've never shied away from that or, or, I mean, you could probably trace back every interview I've ever done. That's, that's the goal. Um, I mean, luckily we're in a time and place where, you know, I've also heard people say like, my goal is to make a living doing what I love. So I'm doing that now. <laughs> so would I like to work for the WWE? Absolutely. Uh, am I going to cry if I never get an opportunity to, and, oh no, I just get to do what I love around the world. Like <laughs> I, I can't, right. There's some, there are people really struggling through real things and there's a big world and a lot of real problems. Um, I don't expect nor would ever get sympathy uh, for doing what I love and, and seeing the world. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of a win-win, which is a, a great position to be in. When it's all said and done, what do you want your legacy to be in the wrestling industry? Oh, um, I, yeah, it's hard to answer that without it seeming conceited or weird. <laughs> I guess when I started traveling the world, that wasn't really a thing. I'm not going to say I'm the first guy that ever wrestled outside of his home country. I mean, obviously, that's not the case. But the way that I, in some ways, pioneered these tours and taking that punk rock mentality of, of doing it, no one ever helped me with anything. And there was no outline or blueprint for this because it wasn't the thing. So for me to go you know, from Scotland to Germany to Hungary, where I remember talking to guys in England, and they're like, there's no wrestling in Hungary. And I'm like, yeah, I've already been there two or three times. <laughs> uh, so even guys a lot closer wasn't even aware that it was a thing. And then from Hungary to Qatar, and then from Qatar to Germany, I mean, this is, that's a tour I did like two or three years ago. That again, no multi-million dollar corporation was behind or booking the logistics of the travel. I mean, so for me to be able to to do that entirely myself, I still think hasn't really been done. But I, I opened up those avenues and that world. Um, I don't know if there's ever been anywhere where I've worked once. I think that that's telling. Uh, anywhere I've ever been, I've been used essentially until they go under or, or, <laughs> or many or several times. Uh, I think I'm easy to, to work with and for and, and always motivated and, and trying my best. I, cause I know even now my best matches, moments, and memories are all ahead of me. So, uh, you know, it, like a lot of exposure for these overseas places, uh, a lot of times the first time they used a, a quote-unquote name or even American perhaps was me, uh, and I, 
I, you know, took that very seriously. I mean, I was like a diplomat of some sorts, and I, I carried the weight of the American independent wrestling scene on my back. And, and being a representative of that, if I had had the attitude some of these guys had, or, or, or put in the performance some of these guys have, or been motivated solely by money, by like a lot of these guys are, I think it would have closed doors for nearly a generation of guys. <laughs> so the fact that I was able to go to all of these places. Um, and do what I did, it, again, just opened up endless doors because now people wouldn't bat an eye at, oh, so-and-so's going to England for a week or so-and-so's doing this for... My first trip to England was in 2003. So, I mean, 16 years ago, this very much wasn't a thing. Um, but it's it's really... The world's been, been opened up to a lot of that. So um, I hope, you know, some of that would be would be recognized. I know... Uh, there's a guy, um, oh, I'm going to mess up his name, so I don't want to say it, but he's a Croatian wrestler, and he's the only one in Croatia. Uh, and when I met him, it, he sort of went on the record and surprised me by saying that that uh, I alone introduced the concept, essentially, of professional wrestling to Croatia. <laughs> uh, and they, they built a ring based on like my back at wrestling tapes and, and what I had done, and the idea of, like, well, this guy could do it, we could do it. Uh, and this... Uh, Falcon Djokovic. He has to like drive to Budapest, Hungary, which is a good six, seven hours away from him, because that's the closest thing he can get. Which is another place where they've sort of introduced the concept of wrestling to their country just in the past couple years. Okay. Uh, and then those guys um, made a video talking about how I alone had emboldened them with the <laughs> idea and to, to start it. So it's like, like the which is insane. So it's like right. Hulk Hogan didn't bring professional wrestling to these places <laughs> in Eastern Europe. It was me. <laughs> and it's like, holy crap, I wish there was more eyes on that. Because it's like, that's like, that's incredible. I wear that very proudly. That's a hell of an accomplishment. I mean, I didn't set out to be like, I'm an idiot, straight edge kid who listens to punk rock. Like, <laughs> that's it, you know? Like, I didn't think, oh, what I do because I'm bored and angry and young is going to, you know, bring this art form to certain places in Eastern Europe. I mean, <laughs> it's just, it, it, it's amazing. So I'll think about those sort of things and just, you know, they're very motivating. Great. Well, that was a good, great story to uh, tap out on. You know, it was great talking with you, Matt. Uh, sure. Oh, where can people go online to get more information about, you know, what you're up to? Sure. Um, uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, it's all one word, M-Dog, Matt Cross, two G's, two T's, two S's. Uh, and then if you haven't already, please check out WrestlingIsForever.com. All right, great, man. It's been uh, good talking with you, man. All right, dude. Hopefully we'll see you uh, in Detroit. Oh, I'll definitely be at the show. Awesome, man. We'll see you there. All right, have a good night. Hey, too, dude. So that was my interview with Matt Cross. Like I said, it was one of the greatest interviews about wrestling that I've ever done. I haven't done that many, but that was definitely an awesome interview. To me, that's the bar. That's, that's the bar that I want to try to hit anytime I interview a wrestler. So hopefully any wrestlers that I have, in, have on the podcast in the future will be as cool enough as Matt Cross. And in conjunction... Uh, with old wrestling, like I said on the previous show, we are doing a giveaway, a prize pack giveaway, along with another sponsor of that event, 20 by 20 Apparel, for a prize pack giveaway on Instagram. 
Uh, you get a show DVD from Old Wrestling, a variety pack of stickers, a button, and a 8x10 that's featuring Matt Cross and Judge Hugo, along with some other fun gimmicks from 20x20 Apparel. Just go to the Fresh of the Word Instagram page at Fresh of the Word Podcast, and you'll see a bunch of posting on there postings on there for the contest just on any of those posts just go ahead and follow the directions and you will be entered into that uh into that into that uh contest giveaway a lot of cool stuff and remember old wrestling will be at the detroit city distillery whiskey factory on March the 30th, that's a Saturday, and that is at 1000 Maple Street in Detroit, Michigan. Doors open at 7, first bell at 7.30 p.m. You can purchase tickets at oldwrestling.com slash tickets. And for more information about Matt Cross and Old Wrestling, you can always go to the show notes for this episode at freshesthepodcast.com, and there'll be links to where you can get more information about all of that. So thank you for listening. Another great episode in the books. Goodbye and good night. Fresh is the word.